and we're back from our little break. Steven, I wanted to clarify with you or just go over the whole fluid metabolism in the body for us. You betcha. That's a, that's a biggie. Um, but it, obviously an essential one. Um, also good one to remind ourselves that the fluid and the food pathway are not synonymous, but yeah, let's just do fluids cause it'll help so much. There's crossover, but they're not exact. So when we, um, bring fluids into the equation, the key is, and this is so confusing. I'm sure it's confusing for everybody, but I always also thought like, when, when the heck does the small intestine come into play? Cause they t- say the spleen is the source of fluids. The lungs are the upper reservoir um, of fluids, and they descend throughout the skin and then down the body. And the kidney mixed with the bladder, you can never separate those two for this function, um, are indeed the lower part, and the, the bladder controls the water. But where the heck is the small intestine? And this didn't, again, I, sounds like broken recordy, but didn't figure it out until formulas. So um, you have a formula that hopefully all herbalists know very well, and for those of you budding herbalists out there, just keep this one in your, your pocket too. It's called Bi Xie Fen Qing Yin. So Bi Xie is the herb. Fen Qing means to separate the clear. Yin is just another word for decoction. So this is literally the formula that helps separate the small intestines fluids, helps the small intestine to separate the thin and the thick fluids, or what you can also call the clear from the... Now this is a tricky one because clear and turbid sound okay. Thin and thick sound very healthy, but like uh, there's lots of other less exciting ways to say turbid and it can be like kind of gross and like dirty. And and this is a tricky one. Small intestine in general would be the one where it separates out wastes that we don't want, jaw, from things that we do want, qing. So this is um, separating the jaw and the qing. So this idea of jaw is actually you drink in fluid that's not healthy, you don't want to get food poisoning, stuff like that. Small intestine involved here. So basically what you want to think about is small intestines at the front, not the back of this fluid transfer. So as the fluids hit the middle burner, is it the spleen that's really moving this around? And in fact, how could the spleen, the organ that hates fluids, right? We all know spleen doesn't like to be damp. Um, It prefers dryness. How in the world is the spleen functionally transporting all these fluids? Uh, so we would say the small intestine really takes the the lead on this one. So small intestine clears out the fluid we don't want and helps, helps us keep the fluid that we do want in the body. And that's what then kind of rises with the spleen yang that's drawing all that stuff out of the food, goes up to the chest. Once it's in the chest, we have another um, separation process. And remember, this is where we create zong qi. For those of you, um, we're, we're doing a very abbreviated version of this. So if Hold on to your hats because we'll do a more thorough one. But once once you're here, you get zong qi, not gathering qi. Uh, this is called ancestral or predecessor qi. Um, so bad translation there too. Flag for that. Then we separate the clear and the thick, not the clear and the gross. Or the turbid can mean both ones. So here, thick is just richer, more nutrient stuff. That's blood. That goes to the heart. So notice when we were in the chest, we weren't in an organ. And then thin, what we call thin, is actually two parts. It's jing qi, channel qi, and it's fluids. Now at this point, it's just water, right? Or corona or whatever other liquid you absorbed. Not not officially the the jin and the yeah, which I'm assuming is the next step. That's exactly right. So the okay. key that Asher just pointed out here is we, we can't use those fluids. We can use that qi right away. You betcha. And we can sure use that blood right away. 
but we have no way of using this fluid because it's not imbued with yang. So if you've ever tried, don't do this, please, ever. Pump people full of water, right? Nobody IVs anyone with water. That's the worst idea ever. And you can kill people that way. Don't do it. Why? Shoot. Got to edit this. Edit this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We can keep it. Whatever. The point is you can't put plain old water in anybody. Um, it just doesn't work. So you have to have yang imbued water, what we call it. And you can absolutely, that does include things like electrolyte laden water, proteins. You want proteins in that water. If you put pure water in a, a vessel, it'll, it, it, it causes absolute chaos. And so this is where we have that fluid, but it doesn't do anything for us at that point. And remember it ascended and then went into the lungs. Well, what does the lungs do? Goes up to the surface, you betcha, and descends. More descending than there is lifting. That's a shout out to an organ when talk. When we ever we talk about lungs, we'll explain it's not actually 50. So then it gets down and where once it's descending all the way, where does it go to? The bottom. And that's bladder uh, and kidneys. Once it gets to bladder and kidneys, you've got all this water down there. And we literally call it shui qi. We don't call it anything else. Shang Han Luna will explain what happens when this shui qi gets blocked. Um, shout out to you, Shang Han Luners. If you're thinking buntun, running piglet, uh, which actually should be called squirming piglet, but then that, that is where this happens. Yeah, we'll talk about that too. That's a funny one. Um, people, yeah, sorry. There's a lot of diatribes here. So then that's where all that water goes into this cook, you know, this, uh, this crock pot and steams up. Now you've imbued it with yang. The combination of kidney yin and kidney yang, which we now know as kidney chi, steamed this useless water into very useful Jin and yin. That's the thing that's imbued with yang. We all know that yin is just like form. It's unanimated form until it's imbued with yang. Now it's imbued with yang. You bet it's going to go in and moisten all those tissues from the throat on down. Um, and that's going all the way up. And it's repeating the same cycle. It goes all the way up, steams up to the top, the canopy, and then it circulates through the whole body. But now what you're circulating isn't just water. It's jin and yin. So it's the same process you can see that we're cycling again and again. The waterways just continue to go, but it only becomes useful once it goes through Chihua transformation. Right. It's almost at the end of the first half mm -hmm. and the beginning of the second one, which then ends with the, the bien and the excretion through the bladder. That's correct. And so once this, you go ahead. No, I was saying I understand. Nice. Yeah. So once that jin and yin then finally reach the end of their useful life, then they do collect in the bladder and then the pee pee happens. The other thing that this is making me think about, because I always have struggled with um, with the Tai Yang being full of blood and not of chi and being a, a Yang thing that doesn't have any blood really relate, directly related to it because they're not yin organs. They're not holding anything kind of had me confused for a long time, but now I'm starting to think that maybe if I think of blood as just fluids um, and then there's a lot between the small intestine, as you noted, it's importance and the bladder. So true, man. So true. Cause you're right. Small intestine too. Like where, where's the blood connection to that? You're absolutely right. I like how you're thinking about this too. It requires us to think this way, right? Like, Oh, well, blood is a yin thing. Are we talking about all yin things? Are we talking about fluids? Asher's spot on. That's how you have to read the classics. Awesome. You had another beautiful quote for us, I think, that talked about the origins of, of Chihua. 
or Chui Hao Hua Bing, the origins? All right. So this quote, also Su Wen, just like everything else we're doing today, the first half in Neijing. This one is from the Qi Jiao Bian Da Lun um, chapter. And this one is pretty tiny quote. And it says, uh, So this translates to basically everything comes from Qi Hua. Um, this is a really fascinating idea. It ties into so many different things. Um, we'll have to do another chapter on, or another podcast on Wuxing in a lot of cool ways. Um, for those of you five elementers out there, hopefully you know that there's actually six elements, um, fire being divided into two, ministerial and monarch. Yeah, you got that. Yeah, you had me freaked out there for a second. I was like, what? That's right. It's, it's actually the, the sixth element is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Plasma Goo. Oh, no way. Plasma goo. <laughs> that sounds like it did not get put through the chihua in the proper order. <laughs> that is what the small intestine just kicked right out of there. You split the fire. And do you have a name for the or a way of thinking about the distinction between the two? Monarch fire and ministerial yeah, fire? Like another in the natural world, if you're going to break it down into six. We we do. Very good call. Um it, the sun, the sun is the monarch fire, and the heat from the earth, um, the heat in the earth, is ministerial fire. Oh, okay, because it reflects. So it's not a, yeah, it's and it's you arguably it's not as much geothermal unless you're considering geothermal from Taiyang because we would still consider the ministerial fire always coming from Taiyang, but it is the heat that's stored in the earth. Oh, so back to Guotong Chi Chi Huaye. So we were talking about the five element connection and that one is, um, we'll get back to it, but it's, you know, the Neijing roughly says, well, well, don't worry, we'll get to the actual paragraph and I'll, I'll read the classics for this too, but that life starts in the kidneys, generates wood, and that generates fire because we all know that yang is essential for life. Chinese uh, medicine, at least the Neijing, this passage uh, very much so, focuses on the kidneys being the source of life. It's just it has to go through the transformation into wood and then generate fire, which then generates everything. So yes, yang is kind of the source of life, but don't forget yang had to come from somewhere too. And so we would say it comes from the kidneys. And so this connecting to ge cong qi qi hua ye, everything comes from the qi hua. Without kidney function, nothing else. Now technically, you can expand the word qi hua into something a little bit larger, um, which can talk about shifts and so forth like that. But the majority of it would be um, certainly in the clinic needs to be in this water metabolism. Nice. You know that it's funny that you say that because and we were just talking about the lava out here who we, we call Pele. Um, and she, you know, she's the the generator out here. She creates all the all the land. Right. She's the the original one. But it's interesting to note that uh, she was carried here by her sister from Tahiti. Pretty sure it was Tahiti. Um, Hiyaka, who is the the water or the ocean goddess, it's her sister, and so she carried her here to Hawaii before she. So there you have water starting the birth of fire. I love it, and then fire generates everything else. That's true. Nobody's going to complain about that. I love it, dude. So many good com- uh, connections there. You know, I think they were all talking about the same stuff, just in different ways. Totally. Yeah, yeah absolutely, and they all had a lot of connection with each other. I think too. You know. Yeah stemming from each other's knowledge and so i think uh chinese probably just have like a longer lineage that's held together um at this point not that that it might have always been like that but definitely where we're sitting right now 
you know, you have a language and a, and uh, written things that have survived for, for so long. And most other cultures don't have that at this point. And if they do, it's not a spoken language. I mean, you can read the scrolls of the dead, but who speaks ancient Egyptian? Yeah. Or Aramaic stuff like that. Yeah, it's true. It's really interesting. Actually, one of my um, patients is a religious professor at one of the colleges and he does speak Aramaic. (laughs) Speaking of really intense specialization of people. I mean, obviously brilliant dude. Um, And we've gotten to talking about some of the similarities and tons. It's really fascinating how close they are. Um, We can drop a little nugget here, but one of the things he was talking about is that the old word for the Aramaic word for soul actually means the breath from the deepest part of your throat, which is a pretty big shift from what I think a lot of people are interpreting. And if you go back to your Neijing pathways for your liver, there's an area in your throat that we only identify as called Hongsang. And in the reason, nobody really can identify exactly anatomically where this is, except that it's the area where deep nasalized sound can come from. Hongsang. So I think soul basically means Hun. It's the ethereal part of the liver because it's that that's the only part that can reach that deepest part of the, the throat. Huh. I wonder if the Tibetan throat singers have a leg up on everybody. Yeah. With that part. I bet they sleep like babies. <laughs> they are Swanza Rentong. Oh, you use the Swanza Rentong for anchoring the hood. Oh. Yeah. It's all starting to click. You betcha. You betcha. Um, all right, so we do one more quote? Sure. All right, we got uh, Su Wen's a biggie, and boy, is this one a confusing one. Um, so uh, it certainly started confusing, but I'm going to use this one as like a cool uh, example of how when you go back to the Neijing and you've learned things, you've applied things, and really important, you've practiced things. So there's no way to get this without practice. Nobody thinks their, their way into being a great doctor. You have to do it, right? And so the more you see, the more you try, the more you understand, the more you use all the correct ways to, to increase knowledge. Anyway, this is a great passage to do that. So this is from the Su Wen, and it's Yin Yang, Yin Xiang, Da Lun. So it's one of the biggest um, key chapters uh, that's really in the Neijing. So many times you'll see things referred to this chapter. And it starts with um, Wei Gui Xing. So this translates to the flavor um, belongs to or generates form. So this gui word um, can actually mean multiple things. It can mean come back to, it can mean belong to. It can also mean basically um, generating or turning in. So wei gui xing, xing gui qi. And then the second part is the xing, um, which is the form, the physical form. Gui, so it generates or um, belongs to. Qi. And so you're like, okay, well, that kind of makes sense, but I thought form was a yin thing, not a yang thing. They continue on and they say, qi gui jing. So qi belongs to or generates the jing. And then lastly, jing gui hua. The jing um, belongs to or generates the hua. So in this case, the transformation. So if we go through it um, linearly, it says the flavor creates the form, the form creates the qi. The qi creates the jing and the jing creates the hua. Remember, belong and create can be interchanged there. So what this is telling us is we have to eat food, right? We have to have food and water, and that's the what builds up the form in our body. And in this case, when we're talking about xing or form, lots of different things, but we would generally refer to something like zong qi or predecessor qi. Well, where does qi come from? 
comes from zong qi, just like blood does, just like everything else in our pre postnatal. So xing gui qi, that, that's where that form that we've absorbed through our um, transformation process in the spleen, and now, of course, we see small intestine, shout out there too, um, creating then qi. What happens with qi? And this qi is actually referring to two things. It's actually referring to wei qi, defensive qi, and ying qi, which means nutritive qi, but in this case, we're really talking about fluids. Qi, gui, jing, ha. So what is this talking about? Kidney qi. So kidney qi, um, uh, well, all of those things, they all come down to the kidneys. So it's actually um, from the food, from the water, all of this will come down and land in the kidneys. If you're eating a good enough diet, uh, nutrient dense enough, then it'll come down to the kidneys. It'll refuel the kidneys, rebuild the jing. And then from the jing, which is the kidney yin, jing gui hua. So jing, that kidney jing, gui hua will turn into transformation. So we're really using the entire food and beverage cycle here to uh, refuel, replenish the kidneys. And that's what's generating the qi hua transformation. Awesome. I think a little point of clarification for those who may have been taught in the West will be that Jing can be replenished in this conversation because I know I learned that from the the Qigong practices that I've done, but I'm pretty sure in school they were trying to tell us that Jing was just prenatal. You have what you came into with the world. You can only spend, you can never build back. Great point. Thanks for shouting out, Asher. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, this is a really interesting one. And it's a little bit distressing that I think students are told that you can no longer rebuild kidneys or that you can't rebuild Jing. So first question would be, well, what about the herbs that literally say they're rebuilding Jing? I mean, that's kind of a crazy one. So let's go for one of the most basic, but absolutely one of the best, Di Huang. How in the world can you replenish Jing without Di Huang? It is so, so essential. So... Um, the, the old, uh, in fact, Di Huang actually has a nickname. Can you believe that herbs have nicknames? But I guess it's bound to happen after 3000 years. But some people are like, oh my God, I can't remember all these Chinese names for herbs. Oh yeah. Well, how about memorizing those and their nicknames? Well, the nickname for Di Huang is called Di Sui, which means the marrow of the earth. Di Huang just means yellow earth, but Di Sui means, boy, that drives that point home. If you literally want to rebuild your bone marrow, your kidney marrow, you take Dihuang. It's, I mean, it's just such a great herb. Um, so, and this is the one that's going to rebuild. However, it doesn't rebuild the kidney yang. So um, there's lots of ways, but physiologically, how do we do it without treatment, without herbs? Nutrient density. You bring in good food. You have good functioning uh, flow of organs and so forth, flow of qi, flow of fluids, and flow of uh, blood. It get, you know, all the organs take their dibs. And then the last organ to get any nourishment is always the kidney. But most people aren't eating nutrient-dense enough to get anything down to the kidney. And once you get something down to the kidneys, then you start restoring kidney yin. Well, then how in the world are we generating kidney yang? We're siphoning off the heart. That's called the ministerial fire. So if you get your yin from your food, your yang from your heart, you rebuild your kidneys in a healthy, physiological, long-lasting way. Nice. And it's very evident because you can bring people's kidneys pulses back up. So I always thought it was so sad when people would be like, yeah, there's this great understanding of kidneys, but you can't treat it. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're just screwed. You're, you have what you have. It is what it is. No changing it. 
Yeah, that, t- that turns what would be practitioners into like observers. Okay, I'm going to observe how much your kidneys suck, but there's nothing I can do about it, right? Totally. It's a it's like a, um, a step below where, where we need to be. And I think that's a lot of times what happens where we don't totally have the physiology 100% there. You know, the diagnosis, the treatment stuff we learn, but I think we're, we're missing the, the base foundations of the physiology that really will take Western practitioners to an, a level that I think this medicine should be at. Yeah, absolutely. And all practitioners, really. You know, it's funny. If you go even to China, ask, um, you know, ask practitioners there what Qihua is. It's a hard question for anyone to answer um, and does require a lot of experience and knowledge, I think. Because you have to see it in action, you have to see, and then that's again where formulas are just so darn instructive. You know, the classics are there for a reason. He's teaching us with these these great books. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, this it, the interesting thing is too. I, I would say it's you know it's not just on those teachers, unfortunately, who are saying you can't nourish your kidneys. Um, I'm not saying that they're not great practitioners or anything, but my guess is that they probably um, maybe were taught the same, which is you know passing on bad info. But the second thing is they might not have any patients compliant enough to do it because to rebuild kidney pulses, you can do it. I've done it with multiple, plenty of patients, lots of them, but it takes time. It takes a lot of compliance and a lot of time. And if you can get them on board, you can get it done. And if you can get them to change their diet a little bit, you can really get it done. But we're talking on the range of like four to six months to rebuild kidney pulses, which is not that bad. No, I mean, in the scheme of things, that's not that yeah. bad. A life lifelong disease, you know, for four to six months, that's nothing. Yeah, exactly. That's like what? Like, that's like a Netflix subscription or something, you know? But, but people out here do want it to be quick. They want convenience. Yeah. Just give me the pill doc. I just want to take it, go uh-huh. home, and then don't change my lifestyle. God, whatever you do, yeah. that's a really hard one. Could I get the kidney chi uh, hamburger in the from the drive-thru, please? Yeah, or can I just like drop and get the booster pack and you know be really good for two weeks and then go back to doing whatever I want? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's surprising though. Like, I mean, even with, I, I mean, shoot, um, I'm trying to think back to one of my patients. Um, we brought her kidney pulses, both yin and yang, up in two bottles of herbs. Uh, but you can tell she had a pretty healthy lifestyle. Her spleen was kicking. All of her other organs were not kicking, um, which is part of the reason why we targeted those those kidneys. But it was impressive. Um, that tells you just how many things she was doing right in her lifestyle and stuff too. But they stuck. And that was like months ago. And she still got kidney pulses on both sides. Yeah. It's exciting. Do you want to finish off this quote or leave it where we're at? Oh, yeah. So the that's the the reason why this quote can be so confusing is you're like okay fluid belonging to or changing into form and then what what is all this stuff but you can see that first half is really talking about how you get from um, food and nourishment all the way down to nourishing the kidneys and therefore chi hua transformation at least the yin half of it the second part is a little bit um, uh, confusing but I'll I'll read it out just so we can do it and shout out to it later but this one calls jing shi Qi. So Jing is still your kidney essence. Shi is actually to eat or to consume in this case. Qi. Well, that's a fascinating one. Remember, this is a separate phrase, even though it's in the same, it's following it. And then it says, Xing Shi Wei. So the form eats the uh, flavors or the, the five flavors. So again, basically talking about, well, how do you fuel Jing? 
you fuel it with chi. Specifically, what kind of chi? Ah, that requires a whole lot of information, but as you guys now know, it's kidney chi. And then xing shi wei, how do you fuel a form? Through flavor. For instance, if you're trying to help people put on some weight again, maybe they had some weight loss after whatever, whatever, nourish the yin, nourish the way, help their digestive absorption. And that's really one great. Then it continues on and it says, hua sheng jing, the hua um, transformation process, literally sheng jing generates jing, kidney acid. So this is telling us, okay, once we've got these fluids, they're all moving. Now the organs are working better. Don't forget zang fluids is ye. The thicker ye fluids are what help the zang organs to work properly. What do you think it does when you can get a plentiful amount because your chi transformation is working? You generate your ye. Guess how well your spleen is going to work? Well, your spleen generates everything else, including the jing that's going to go back into you. And then qi sheng xing, um, the qi generates the form. And then again, that would talk about both the ying nutritive way defensive, all those sorts of different kinds of qi. And then lastly, it says jing hua wei qi. Um, so uh, the essence jing and hua transforming the jing wei qi is called qi. So that last part, whew, I mean, you, we could spend hours talking about this whole thing, but the key takeaways is get that food and fluid nourishment cycle, fuel those kidneys, the yin, the yang, stick them together. You got kidney qi. That's what's fueling that qi transformation. Nice. And that last wei chi is not the surrounding chi, is it? Or is it? So good. Good ears, by the way. That way is the word for is. Yeah. So way is also the ancient word for is, as it is stomach, as it is defensive. Lots of ways out here. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Taoists, too. Lots of ways out there. I know too. what I was going to say, but that one's Tao. That yeah, way exactly. is actually Tao. That's true. It's only the English speaking Taoists for that. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode. Catch us back next time. Hopefully, we will get into the rest of the fluid cycle. Yeah, big fluid cycle coming in. Uh, shout out from this mountain to yours. Aloha. Aloha.